Welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast, where physicians share their stories of life outside of work. Top life coaches share expert tips on how to accelerate your path toward what matters most to you. And financial experts and side gig experts can help you on the trajectory toward financial security. Thank you for joining us. And let's get started with today's episode. I use that as a way to be and become a better version of myself and really touch into the part of me that knows this is who I am. You know, this is this is real. This is true. I can ask myself those questions and feel comfortable in my own skin. I'm so excited to have you here with me today, and I'm thrilled to bring you this conversation with our esteemed guest, Dr. Manize Mirza Gruber. She's a licensed, board-certified psychiatrist, certified mindfulness meditation teacher, certified yoga teacher, and certified mind-body medicine skills facilitator. Dr. Mirza Gruber is an individual, parent, and psychiatrist, and follows a holistic approach to life. She believes in connecting heart, mind, body, and spirit for healing and wellness. She's been facilitating mind-body skills workshops and groups since January 2018 to bring healing in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey and through the coronavirus pandemic. Manize leads meditation groups and teaches mindfulness classes and workshops, and she leads a free weekly virtual guided meditation called Mindful Mondays. We'll include the link to her website and the link to her Mindful Mondays in the show notes. So please enjoy the conversation. Please check out the show notes and you can find how to reach Dr. Manize Mirza Gruber directly. And let's get started. Dr. Manize Mirza Gruber, welcome to Doc Working the Whole Physician Podcast. Hello, Jen. Lovely to be back again with you. It's wonderful to be here with you. It's such a privilege to speak with you always. And I'm so curious about how how things are going. I know you've got a lot going on. Uh, and one thing that I'm really interested in is is how you're balancing it all. You're working, you're, you have private practice, community practice, you ha- are a mindfulness coach, um, you have your, your work as a psychiatrist and your work as a mind-body coach, how are you balancing it all at this point? Ah, what a lovely question. (laughs) You know, being, uh, I have to walk my talk. I'm learning that this balance is not necessarily the easiest thing to do. And so for me, I've recently made this shift back into community mental health, uh, where I'm working three days a week and pivoting my clinical psychiatric private practice to a mindfulness-based mind-body educational teaching practice. I do have a few patients that I'm still seeing, but not taking on anyone new. And one of the reminders for me is oftentimes the themes that become my newsletter or the themes of my workshops are based on I'm realizing what I am needing. 
And so, for instance, if I just finished teaching a mini retreat this past weekend um, in New Orleans at the Mind Body Collective, it was resting in mindful presence because I realized that is what I need to do. Prior to that, I did a rest, play, stretch because I'm realizing these are the things that I am needing in order to be able to be my best self and to be with everyone else. So it's a juggle. It's definitely a juggle. And there are days where I um, feel rest is needed. And there are days where I feel um, waking up and asking myself, what is most alive for you today, Manise? And feeling into that and, and, and following that. Wow. Can you tell me more about how that, how that works? Do you change what you had planned for the day when you wake up and feel motivated in a certain direction? How does that, how does that play out for you? Well, I've become very used to, or the practice has allowed me. So I have my meditation practice, my running, walking practice, and uh, yoga. But separate of that, I've become very aware of how my body is and how my body is feeling. And and I've I make these very mindful um, inquiries, curious inquiries where I touch base with my heart mind and my heart body. So where I'm trying to, in my own practices, not sitting in the, in the mind intelligence all the time, uh, because that will take me in a different direction. So just this week, I've uh, started, well, a couple of weeks ago, a training for a fall marathon. And this Wednesday was supposed to be a five-mile run. Well... I woke up and it didn't seem the day that my body felt it could do the five miles. So I shifted gears, um, did a two miler and said, let's wait and see. And then today, which was supposed to be the rest day, felt great and did the five miler. So it's a lot of listening. It's a lot of listening. And that's part of the mind-body practices, right? The mindfulness practices, which is a mind-body practice, is listening. Um, and it's, it's listening to what is arising. Um, I may have an intention for the day as I wake up. I connect with it. And I, always check in with myself because I know uh you know today I'm a little off the other day it's like this feels great okay let's take it on that's become a practice for me like what you're saying and I I've recently heard that if you're listening your body is talking to you but we often train ourselves away from listening to our bodies. And so I'm very curious about the mind-body connection and what it is that 
that you mean by that when you when you have the mind body skills workshops for example well the mind and the body are connected they are one unit and for me it's mind body heart spirit um that becomes my guide and i usually put it as body heart spirit mind sometimes where but in essence we haven't been trained with the idea that our mind and our body are very intimately connected what happens in the body affects the mind what happens in the mind affects the body and i have known that since i was very young but i never could put a name to it but i would feel it if i felt nervous or something like that i knew what was arising but i didn't know oh could i be anxious i hadn't quite figured that out till i started listening and paying attention and all of that came from being in the not knowing it became a very curious mind where there was a shift but almost a decade ago a little bit longer where i was feeling that there was something that was missing and what the missing piece that i have been curiously discovering is the connection between my mind and body and part of these practices are when you listen is when you can begin the process of self awareness and self care and reflection um one of the things that uh, allows me to um feel all right is resting in the wisdom of uncertainty where i've become comfortable in the not knowing it's we spend so much time in in the mind like neck up it's like the attic of the house i've learned to come down to the kitchen the den the breakfast room and all the other rooms of the house and that they are all connected and so can you tell me a little bit about your journey to that discovery and and how did you get from not quite understanding to feeling that you have the connection and you understand how to listen I've been a very intuitive person um oftentimes got into trouble because of that because the heart would lead first um i you know did get into trouble a few times um but you know, we all know about our gut health and uh, the gut brain connection and for me it began with my gut so call it where everything was felt a little uneasy i felt it literally in my gut also had a very gut feeling about things and have always had a very curious questioning mind not wanting to settle but 
it was my own discomfort, my own unsettledness where I realized I'm really just overthinking things. You know, I, I'm staying too much in my mind. Something was not right. And I was in a yoga retreat where we had a practice. And it was in that practice where I connected with another person and something shifted, something shifted. Uh, before that, years before that, something shifted during prayer uh, where I don't know whether it was an awakening of sorts, but something shifted. And I decided to pursue a yoga teaching certificate. And I became very involved in yoga, even though I practiced it as a teenager. And as that went on, I realized I needed to be more connected with my body rather than sit just in my mind. I, I needed that for myself because my body informs me. It always knows. It, it just seems to know what I'm needing. And I was not attending to it. And then through Hurricane Harvey and then connecting with the Center for Mind-Body Medicine, getting my training, <clears throat> the certification program, leading the mind-body skill groups, being with people, the teaching, the facilitation. I, I know the impact it makes. I know the transformation that happens. And the transformation happened within me. And then through the mindfulness uh, certification program and, and other teachings that I've learned through my mentors, my other teachers, my children, I, my dogs, I realized that I am at peace. A, when I'm with my breath and when I listen to my body. I have to take the hat off the thinking mind. I need to do that. And running is another way that I connect completely with my body. It always knows what I'm supposed to do. Even when I shouldn't run and I run, it informs me. You injured yourself, now you have to stop. It's a knowing, I, and it's hard to it's hard to really find a way to describe it, but it really when the when the self-awareness settles and it's not uncomfortable anymore to even be with discomfort, for me, there's unknowing. And I follow that. I, I let that be my guide. And from the experience that you have teaching the workshops, you said that you also have seen what a huge impact that understanding these concepts can have. Can you share with us some some stories of of an of how you've witnessed that in other people as well? Yeah, um, well, I don't want to share their confidence. I can sh share mine, where the first um, mind-body workshop that I was in training in, 
And I felt that I had, you know, it was after Hurricane Harvey. I was going through the motions. I had it all together. And we had done a movement practice. And uh, and in that movement practice, which is to connect with what is within, what is stuck, what is not evident, I was just bawling like a baby. It was suddenly something just, you know, just it, it just opened. And I was in a very, I was very connected to the suffering and the pain within. And there's there are other practices, even in my in my mindfulness practices, my own meditation practices, when I'm sitting and I can feel it just today in a meditation practice, there's an intense heat that was like even today that was experienced in the body that then I had to connect with. I had to ask myself with a with kindness, with compassion, with gentleness, what is arising for you in this moment? And to be with that and to allow it and to hold it. And for others, it's anything with from people joyful, um, some are crying, for some it can actually, uh, you know, there's that one downside of it can activate a trauma response as well. So we have to really be gentle with the process. Um, and there's a pre-screening, so that's just another topic in itself. But there is a joy. There is a connection that even in the retreat that I just did, uh, where for so many people, it was uh, we would we were doing a mindful eating practice where for them it was I've never, ever looked at a mandarin this way. And, and just how their own feelings were to connect their their this practice with what arose for them, whether it was from their childhood or for the present moment, it was a shift. And we, at the end of it, of course, we were joking, you're never going to look at a banana or a mandarin the same way, right? But it, it, it's, it's very transforming. I, I, I have found that the mind-body skills practices have been, as I've called, an island of support for me. And and how you find an oasis in the desert. Yeah, all of your examples are really so meaningful because I think uh, people can listen and identify with that experience. And if they haven't experienced it themselves, they can imagine how impactful that could be. And one thing that I hear a lot from people in our community is that they want to take on these type of practices. They want to take care of themselves in this kind of way, but, but they have difficulty managing the time. And one thing that you and I were talking about earlier, looking out for each other and, and trying to watch out for each other, taking on potentially um, more, more than we should maybe in, in, still leaving time to to do these self-care practices. One thing that we were talking about is 
that even if you don't realize that you are choosing, you're always making a choice. And so you can make a choice to prioritize this well, well-being, your own well-being. And it really has to be a first priority because everything else you do depends on your well-being. But it's so easy to overlook it and to think that you don't have the ability to control your time. And I'm, I'm, I know that you have been really mindful of, of that specific, avoiding that specific problem, and you've been successful at that. So I'm wondering if you have any advice for someone who's listening who may really know deep in their heart and spirit that they need to take these steps, but they're not sure how to get started and how to make the time on a day-to-day basis. For those who are listening, I would begin with being kind to yourselves, even if you feel you don't have the time. There's always 30 seconds to take a few cycles of breath. Don't need more than that. One of my practices is I don't begin, I, I don't even get out of bed without the intention of, without setting the intention. So my my morning, no matter what time it is, 4 or 4.30 or 5, begins with both hands on my heart. And I take six cycles of breath, which for me is one minute. And I set my intention for the day. That's a practice. One minute. That's a practice. You can put your feet on the ground as you get out of bed and sit there for 30 seconds and take a few more cycles of breath. And as you stand before you walk, three more cycles of breath. You've already had like a two-minute practice. And if that's the only practice you have, that's the only practice you have. You could be uh, at the red light, at a traffic light. And with eyes open, take a few more cycles of breath. If those are the first conscious breaths that you've taken all day, that's enough. Even as you're heading to your car before you put, when you put your hand on the handle to open, let it, let it sit there. Three cycles of breath. That's a practice. Practice does not necessarily mean you have to take out a yoga mat or a zafu or a meditation cushion and you have to sit or stand or walk for extended periods of time because they're or lay down. The practices are mostly what we do in life. Life is a practice. It's the informal practices. It's the informal practices. You are so, so right. And, you know, it's really interesting if you stop and notice it, that even no matter how busy you are throughout the day, you are taking steps to take care of yourself. You are showering. You are putting lotion on, putting sunscreen on, brushing your teeth. getting dressed, and every one of those steps, drinking a glass of water, drinking a cup of coffee, every single step you take throughout the whole day, which 
I think it's very easy to not notice, but if you stop and notice and just feel that sensation that you're taking care of yourself with this small thing, that in and of itself can also be a way to practice mindfulness and incorporate self-care without adding any time to your schedule at all. And then the simple ways to add breathing, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, mindfulness practices are very kind practices. Even the word mindfulness from the root word means to remember. And what you're remembering is to come back again and again to when your mind wanted to come back to an anchor. It's returning. It's remembering. It's remembering to return. So there's, it's a very kind practice. There's no judgment. So for, for those feel I can't do this. Yes, you can. It. I have so many people who say, well, I can't sit, that my thoughts are coming, this, that. The idea is not to make anything go away. The idea is to sit with it and to be with what is arising. And it's really with that acceptance, with the kindness, with the compassion. It, it's a simple, not trying to multitask, to be mindful rather than mindless, right? It's, it's you're brushing your teeth, you're brushing your teeth. You're sipping your tea, you're sipping your tea. If you're, you know, if you're driving, just drive. When Lani, um, our dog, and I go for a walk, we have one rule. It's Lani and me. It's the walk. We, I speak to her as like the squirrels, the butterflies, the birds. Look at this, look at that. No phone calls, no phone, nothing. It's her time with me and my time with her. She's such a great teacher. She's resting right now under my feet. And, you know, I, I think she's a great teacher. She teaches me to be present. She'll bark if I'm not. It, it's 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 allow it, it it's a practice. It doesn't come easy all the time, but like anything else, it's a practice. You know, I didn't learn to run a marathon without training. Um, so it's one step at a time, and you know, part of that closure that I do with my day is we the, there's a term called book ending the day. And so I end my day the way I begin it, which is once I'm back in bed, hands again on my heart, being aware of my breath, seeing how I met my intention. If I did, wonderful. Seeing how I can meet it in a different way. And if I didn't, then no judgment. What can I do differently? What didn't I do? And then letting it just suck. It's just simple practices. Simple practices. I've taught teenagers how to attend to text messages mindfully. I did a practice with them. I had them all uh, put their phones in front of them. And then they <laughs> had to take a couple of cycles of breath whilst they just looked at their phones, buzzing away. And then I said, all right, how about you 
intentionally reach for the phone, know that you're reaching for the phone and place it in your hand. And when it's in your hand, notice what it feels like. Feel the phone. Notice the touch, the texture, the, the heaviness. What are the sensations in your hand? And then as those text messages were coming, uh, notice what's, what's, what's on the screen and notice what's arising for you as you're looking at it. And now turn your phone on to how you would respond. Take a moment to read the text. Take a couple of breaths. You have a moment to not react, but to respond. You know, as it said, the, as Jack Cornfield and Tara Brach talk about the sacred pause, and uh, Viktor Frankl in his book, The Man's Search for Meaning, has said that between the stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space, you have your freedom. You have a chance to choose. And that choice is your gateway to liberation and freedom. So I ask them, take a moment, take a couple of conscious breaths. And now choose how you want to respond or don't want to respond. And text, they texted. And then I said, before you send, read it again. Take a moment, take a couple of breaths. That was their practice before they said, sent it. I mean, that is, that is a beautiful way to lead someone through something that they're doing and a way for them to connect and make that mind-body connection as they're doing something that they're going to repeat multiple times in the course of the day. Dr. Manize Mirza Gruber, it's such a pleasure to talk with you. I learned something in every conversation that we have. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I so appreciate our friendship and our learning and growing and discovering and uh, always staying curious with the beginner's mind. And when you're able to, in the moments that you are able to, it is magical. And I think that's the beauty of it, is that you never stop learning. And I, I think that's just beautiful. Uh, it, um, you never stop learning, you know. And, um, you know, the poet Rumi says, let the beauty of what you love be what you do. And I have followed that. The way I look at it, the only time I'm going to stop learning is when I'm not able to. Until then, you're my teacher. Everyone I encounter is my teacher. And uh, it's a privilege. It's, it's a privilege and it's an honor to learn from, from people. I use that as a way to be and become uh, a better version of myself and really touch into the part of me that knows um, this is who I am. You know, this is, this is real. This is true. I can ask myself those questions and feel comfortable in my own skin. Um, I think that is, if I, if I have to say, one of the these are the gifts that I have been blessed with is that this journey has allowed me to sit here today um, to just say, I'm all right being Manise. 
I'm all right being this person and there's more to come. But in this moment, this is just great. It's all good. Someone listening is interested in finding you and coming to your Mindfulness Mondays or your mind-body skills workshops. How can they how can they reach out to you to join those groups? They just go to the website, which is uh, www.mindfulandpractice.com. Um, I have a free newsletter. Feel free to subscribe to it. It's um, something I write, comes out on the 1st and 15th of the month, personal reflections, mindfulness tips, information of upcoming workshops and classes. That has the Zoom link to Mindful Mondays, which is a free guided meditation every Monday from 12 to 12.30 Central Time. Um, they can contact me through that. Uh, Instagram at Mindful in Practice. Um, and um, by email, which is where the contact information is on the website. Uh, so, yeah. Happy to have everyone join. Feel free to let's just learn and grow together because we need to continue to make this beautiful earth an easier, more restful place to live together. It's all, of, all about helping each other in community. And I'm so grateful to have you here. And thank you for listening and we will look forward to our next conversation. And thanks again, Dr. Manize Mirza Gruber. Lovely to be with you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us today. Your support means the world to us. If you enjoyed this episode, I kindly request that you take a moment to leave us a five-star review wherever you tune into our podcast. Your reviews make a tremendous difference and help others to find us. Please explore our virtual home at docworking.com. That's D-O-C-W-O-R-K-I-N-G.com, where you'll find resources carefully curated to propel you toward the destination you aspire to reach, both in your personal journey and in your meaningful career. It's time to take the leap and gain the tools and support to fully access the power of you.